another one here comes another one I hope y'all had a wonderful Oscar weekend I had a fucking blast seeing the good friend homie, scholar and gentleman Doug Jones take home with his fellow cast and crew best picture for Shape of Water now 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 now. it could have not let me just start off by saying it could have not happen to a more deserving group of lovers lovers is the word I'm going to use lovers is the word that comes to mind because man even when I saw the composer the composer uh, win for for best uh, score of a a movie it was just utterly beautiful how much he kissed his woman how much he kissed his wife before he got up I think he spent a cool 10-15 seconds of his Oscar speech on just kissing his wife. That's the kind of that's the kind of uh, acceptance speech I appreciate in this day and age. Would you would you argue? Can't you agree? Wouldn't you say? But uh, yeah, it feels good to be back. Feels good to be with you, chilling, cooling. Got some music lined up for you. It's gonna be nice. And I wasn't feeling particularly nice, nice enough to get it out in uh, daily daylight savings time morning hours. But um, you know, I love you. So we're gonna do it before midnight, right? It's Sunday. Sunday is a Sunday is a Sunday. So congratulations, first and foremost. To the entire cast and crew of Shape of Water, y'all did a just terrific job. Terrific job on that movie. Now, equally as important, if not more, and a more socio, you know, relevancy, in uh, a more culturally uh, relevant topic equally as important maybe even more congratulations to Jordan Peele and the Get Out family holy shit who saw that coming who saw it was this not the most inclusive Oscars of all time which isn't probably saying much but to quote the uh, um miraculous uh, friend of mine who is a retired Hollywood producer she uh, you know she she didn't like the shape I'm just going to say she didn't like Shape of Water she said it was boring as fuck and now I I felt that way about Black Panther and uh, you know you can't get mad at me for that because uh, I fell asleep had to see it again to just get enraged with why they depicted Africa more as a warmongering uh, group of mandingos for lack of a better word that had to be broken up by a white guy and a spaceship 
just, it was just, it was a sh cluster shit show, if you ask me. I don't know. But, um, I digress. So anyways, my dear friend, when I asked, what did you think of The Shape of Water? You know, our modern day Beauty and the Beast, or what have you. She said it was boring. And if the Academy had any balls, they would have given Best Picture to Get Out. I don't... I don't know if I can argue that. To be quite honest, but... At the end of the day, those who won won, and I still feel like... You know, the main reason... I mean, if you look at the news and you hear the stories when they're talking about... Get out. I didn't think I was going to talk about this that much, but hey. You talk about what you love, and I love movies. And, um, by the way, see Gringo, see Death Wish. You will not be disappointed. Um, Michael Blackson, for all intents and purposes, is the real Black Panther. I, tell, I shit you not, that man needs to be a lead in more movies it was incredible it was so funny it was <laughs> you gotta check that shit out um but just you know putting a bow on it putting a <sighs> punctuation mark on this get out wasn't even watched or reviewed by the Academy in its entirety because why racism <laughs> no really yeah and as a matter of fact that some of the Academy even uh, were quoted saying that get out wasn't an Oscar worthy movie it wasn't even in the same vein as Hollywood they they just completely dismissed it um, you know as as a uh, as the Nazis do. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's like we're, we got away from the die. And until then, thank God for a good one, like Shape of Water. Because, you know, it, it felt like a movie that you've seen before. You know, like I, I earlier mentioned, it's kind of like our modern day Beauty and the Beast. A friend of mine, uh, uh, Christopher Gomez uh, mentioned that it was uh, I thought that was a really smooth synopsis and um, it's what the Academy wanted to see and Guillermo del Toro is wise enough to touch that you know to, to hit those those elements while still incorporating um, you know a, a boy like wonder And I thought it was just a, a sweet story of a woman alone, uh, a, a woman's friend who's alone, and all the healing that needed to be done just by, well, I don't want to, you know, divulge give you any spoilers but I just thought it was such a beautiful tale of friends and friendships and, and the power of love that can uh, supersede legalities and supersede laws and supersede authority uh, despite 
the insurmountable size of of, of you know, opposing forces of hate. try to use less words next time when I talk about it. It was beautiful. I loved it. I really did. From the music to the aesthetics. Um, It's a a part of cinematic history whether you love it or hate it. And um, God, again, Doug Jones, I had the distinct pleasure of running into when I was in community theater and I will never forget we had such a prolific production called the Laramie Project and if you know anything about that production specifically it's, it's about the Matthew Shepard story um, who was uh, basically beaten to death in for lack of a better word, crucified for being gay onto, uh, you know, like I think it was a barbed wire fence, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And this was, a, this was the, I want to say the teen community theater. I wasn't a teen at the time, probably was aging out like 19, 20 perhaps. And, um, you know, most of the cast was, it was such a, heavy, heavy, uh, you know, subject matter that, um, you know, there weren't a lot of eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds in it, and I, I didn't grow up in the, the community theater, I moved a lot, um, as a child, I was born in Long Island, and, uh, never got into theater until, um, I made it over closer to Hollywood, figure that out, um, and despite all this, it was um, ama- such an amazing performance that um, from the entire cast and, and um, crew, the, I mean, like the set, we made it rain <laughs> inside that motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, just we took all these old TV sets and just bordered the entire frame of the um, of the skirt of the stage. And it was just such a it was a powerful piece. If, if you have any inkling, any itch to scratch in terms of uh, getting inside of a community theater, don't hesitate. Jump at that. Jump at that. Whether you can sing or not, I'm telling you, it's such a beautiful place to meet people outside of a bar setting that have like-minded interests as yourself. And... Um, you know, even if you don't fall into that, you know, maybe you'll get like a comedy troupe together. Who knows? Maybe you got an improv show up your sleeve. Or maybe even a stand-up night, you know? Who knows? It's all about creating those, those, um, you know, those projects, those passion projects, whether they're making money or not. And, um, yeah, before I go way off, uh, Doug Jones was a friend of the director, if I'm not mistaken, and was invited to one of the performances, and he came, and he saw us, and he loved 
the subject matter and he loved our performances and he was so sweet um, to to um, take the time and say uh, some kind words to me and a friend uh, particularly on our, our performances and that's why I say you know from first hand experience it really couldn't have happened to a nicer person a nicer group of people for that matter because I know you know once you meet somebody that leaves such an impression on you positively you you automatically know in your heart whoever this person flocks with like birds of a feather it's gonna be a good group you know some some group of people whoever they may be they will be equally as special as this person you just met and Doug Jones is one of those people so he's definitely a person to pay very close attention to because his his body of work stretches I mean I'm gonna say longer than I'm alive I hope he doesn't get mad at me for saying that but he's he's but he was Billy in Hocus Pocus he was the Abe Sapien in Hellboy. He was the fawn in Pan's Labyrinth and the freaking eyeball in the, in the palm of the hand guy monster in uh, Pan's Labyrinth. The guy is just um, a remarkable uh, character actor, you know, a monster as well as sensitive man. He's just a completely all-in-one package. I tell you what, if I can't sing his praise enough. And, um, yeah, he gave some really, really sweet compliments that carried me to this day. Not not in acting, but just in life. Um, and he always and he stays in contact, because that's just the way he is. And to see him be able to to get these lanes to open up for him is just confirming and proof that good things really do happen to good people as long as you stay consistent on being good and just being out there and being real with the people and he said something so sweet uh, on the red carpet about how you're not alone um, and the older you get you tend to realize that and um, just seeing him and his wife the photos I mean if you look him up on IG you'll be able to see it all it's just you're so precious and so priceless to, to, to witness um, humble Americans get recognized for for the right reasons for the right reason not just money which is um, honestly <laughs> I have to saying all that nice shit <laughs> the real fucking reason why Black Panther was made let's just be real about it come on now god damn that was trash that was fucking trash. It's such a... It, it's like... And then at the very... Oh, my God. 
upstairs on this shit. At the very end, man, they... I'm just gonna say, there's no spoiler alerts, but... The fucking end, dude. They had a very tongue-in-cheek... Plug... For imprisonment and... Um, and promoting Western civilization's outlook on jails and prison. And it was pretty fucking gross on top of the architecture just resembling that and then you learn more about um you know there's just so much all right all my friends I, I i've never been to africa okay nor nor wakanda i've um i have yet to uh um you know look at ancient african artifacts and museums let alone vibranium but I will say this, all of my friends on social media from Africa aren't at war. Not one of them are in the fucking military. And if anything, they're some of the most peaceful I'm starting to realize as I'm talking to y'all why I fucking hate this movie so much is because the only the only real war that Africa has is the war we created from blood diamonds is the war we created from colonization and when I say we you know European Americans uh, what have you American Americans whatever um, non-Africans, you know, that, that had malintentions for Africa, and, um, well, like I said, let me, let me leave it on a positive note, the people that I have the good grace of meeting through social media, and, um, and what have you, through friends of friends, they are all farmers, they are beautiful people, humble, hungry for knowledge and, and sharing sharing knowledge and um, oh man it, it's just so it's astounding looking at how fast we can communicate and make friends now from around the world and um, I just felt like um, that movie really That movie really deserved more African attention, I guess is all I have to say, because it was very, I mean, even in the comic books, like I was doing a little research and um, the Black Panther first appears in like in the 52nd, 53rd or whatever issue of Fantastic Four. And the Fantastic Four go down to Wakanda, and the Black Panther just starts fucking them up from the get-go. <laughs> they first sent the, the Fantastic Four uh, a ship as a peace offering, and uh, they, they like the ship and everything, so they come down there, and he starts fucking them up. It's just like constant violence but but he's not a bad guy but yet they still do a tongue-in-cheek like well you all you know how black people always fight like it was just 
And then, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll say this and shut the fuck up about it. Stan Lee, a.k.a. Stan Lieber, is is a, um, is a very ambiguously neutral person on race relations in America whenever asked a comment uh, he says it's bad you know like like it's monosodium glutamate like he just says it's bad like <laughs> without ever putting you know attack on it without ever like talking about how he was personally affected by racism growing up. Because we all are. We all were. Come on now. You know? Like. It's silly. And uh, his, his real parents are Romanian Jews. And that is something to be proud of, in my opinion. In 2018 especially. And if you already sold the rights to Disney and whatnot. You, you know, it's like. You're about to kick it, kick the fucking can, man. I mean, Jesus, you broke all the records anyways. Like, let's just, uh, how about, uh, embracing that culture now, you know? Like, nobody's gonna fucking blacklist you. I just, um, I don't hold too much respect for people that want to turn a blind eye to, to their culture. I think it's misleading and quite honestly and frankly it's insidious as an American especially in this fucking climate (sighs) I feel better I feel better thank you for fast forwarding through that fucking rant and (laughs) appeasing me I mean at the end of the day like who is white hmm not this guy not me no more I tell you what when I was I'll never forget when I did background work good god you know I just went up and they had race so I put down mix and they're like well mix what's your mix and I said well you know I'm Scott Irish Italian Spanish and then my mom's adopted from Korea but She's like not fully Korean because she's obviously, you know, and she's they're just like, all right, we're just gonna put white because you get you'll get more work. And I was like, huh. So it kind of like from that moment as an adult, I never really had to think about what I have to tell people I am, you know, like because as a kid, I would just tell them I'm mixed and this and that, and then like. You know, it would never be Asian enough to hang out the Asians or white enough to really fit in all the way with the white guys and girls. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it works to your benefit being mixed because you end up having more friends, believe it or not. Believe it or not. And then you realize when you get become an adult and all these interracial babies start popping up. It's funny, you know? It's like... I'm here because... All y'all... Meaning old people... Couldn't stop fucking each other. 
And yet, I'm here talking to you. Because y'all can't stop fucking each other over. I guess all I'm trying to say is, is that nobody is white. There's no country called White Terica. Nobody's a White Terican. Just like there's no fucking Wakanda and Vibranium. But we digress. Which uh, leads me to my next point. Besides having pride and being an American, being a mix, you know, embrace that culture. Even if you don't fucking know the O'Doyles and how much the O'Doyles rule, you still gotta embrace Guinness beer, you know? You gotta embrace fucking corned beef and hash. You gotta love that shit, because that is those little memories that you got from grandma and grandpa, like making those little dishes and stuff and, and having those meals and telling you the time when, you know, grandpa first uh, stole a kiss from grandma or, or uh, you know, beat up the the dude that was getting mouthy to her. Or, well, who knows? Maybe your grandparents are gay. Maybe the time when, when grandpa first kissed grandpa. I don't know your family and nor will I ever judge it because if it's American, I'm got it it's not even about patriotism it's just about respect just having some motherfucking respect for yourself and those that came before you it's called culture enjoy it my next point just like white doesn't exist i want to talk about i want to talk and expand a little bit more on dieting and sobriety. We talked last week a little bit. I touched on the subject a little bit about how dieting is a bunch of bullshit. And it is still. And and I just was thinking about how sobriety and dieting are so goddamn similar in being bullshit and made up. Just like the word white. Think about it. There wouldn't be any fucking black people if white people weren't white people. Am I wrong? Come on now. Let's be real about this shit. (laughs) Sobriety and dieting are made of social constructs. Sobriety being... That there is some sort of achievable destination in... Restricting yourself from mixing up with the wrong drugs, the wrong amount of food, the wrong amount of exercise, the wrong amount of work, the wrong amount of women, the wrong amount of gaming, the wrong amount of this and that, you know, right? It's all about restriction, restriction, restriction. Sobriety is a restriction. Dieting is a restriction. White is a motherfuck restriction. Come on now. Motherfucking restriction. And it's, um, it's not freeing because it's restricting your mental, your mental and both physical hygiene. Stay with me now. These restrictions are like having a leisure on your fucking neck telling you that you need a whiter person, an older person, to hold your hand throughout life and tell you, you cannot live without me. And it's bullshit. 
you're an adult, and these things you know you have already known. I'm just here to remind you, because why Billy Y is your friend, and I love you more than Mickey Mouse. Neurogenesis is <laughs> second. No, that's too deep. That's too too. Um, that is too cherry on top right now. Because I wanted to touch on Paris Jackson in uh, Gringo. Because there's just, I mean, everybody's talking about how Paris Jackson is like Michael Jackson's kid. Okay, I don't give a shit whether she is or not. She's a really amazing, amazing actress. You gotta see. She's so fucking good, right? This is how good Paris Jackson is. Everyone uh, was talking about how in the upcoming movie, Gringo, Paris Jackson plays a villain. So I'm like, oh, dope. This is gonna be cool. You know, you got Charlize Theron. You got Michael Blackson. You know, this is gonna be uh, an interesting film. Never knew who she was. Didn't think she was in the movie. That's how good she was. I had to go back and YouTube Paris Jackson and Gringo. And they showed the clip. And instantly I was like, holy shit. You get so captivated in the f- like 30 seconds she's on screen. That you're, you're just mesmerized. by. I, maybe I'm going a little too far here. But I just thought she... Look, if she wins an Oscar in the future, I'm not going to be surprised. Because you can tell she's in it to win it. And you got to have respect for her. Whether she's adopted or not. (laughs) 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 Oh my god. She's awesome. But um... Yeah, that's not Michael Jackson's kid. There's no fucking way. Come on. Oh, my God. You know, and it's like... Oh, my God. We could go around. We could go down this. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about Michael Jackson, still, I think we should address them. Let's let's air it out. Because, uh, I mean, he was our Elvis. He was our Beatles. If you know what I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. He he really, I mean, by the time he died, you kind of realized that his his life was more of a tragedy than his death. And um, we're going to be hearing, you know, secrets and stories revealed for a really long time with this guy. And um, God bless his kids, because he's uh, you know, you, you see them, and they all, you just see them being normal kids, like, whenever they're interviewed and whatnot, and, and doing the best they can with all that fucking money, and all that fucking influence, and <sighs> hats off to Paris Jackson for, for being a good sister to both those guys, because Lord knows family's everything. Jacksons are no exception. God damn it, those aren't his fucking kids. I tell you what, 
Michael Jackson wanted to be white so bad. And uh, they were talking, you know, in the forums or, or on uh, Instagram about... I saw a thread go down about how, you know, Michael wanted to be white and everything and and it's so true obviously he did and uh so but one it was crazy how one lady was commenting that michael jackson wanted to be white because that was the only way he was going to succeed and and then like a lady instantly right underneath it was just like yeah what about thriller (laughs) and that fucking says it all like come the fuck are you kidding me like Jackson 5, Little Michael, like, my God, dude, like, he was, you know, Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber, like, all that shit wrapped up in one, all that shit wrapped up in one, and, like, to think it was, it was something he needed to do is, is, is more insane than, uh, Donald Trump's uh, Russian tapes not being exposed yet. I mean, come the fuck on. It's like 2018. You're telling me we can't see those tapes right now? Come on. We saw Jennifer Lawrence's boobies before Red Sparrow. This is bullshit. Bullshit. I call it bullshit. Anyways. Um, <laughs> back to the matter at hand. We are uh, talking about how Mikey... Uh, Bleached his skin because it was an insecurity problem. You know, it had nothing to do with needing to do it. He was very accepted, very much loved by everyone in the world, just not by the person who it mattered the most, himself. And, um, you know, you hear stories about it from people in the industry confirming he did that to kids and did that to, so, you know, more than likely, I hate to fucking say it, but he probably bleached his ki- his skin to be more appealing to white kids that were probably raised racist. It's probably like this <sighs> super duper deep downward spiral that, um, again, will be revealed in due time. Um, but, you know, In due time, in due time, that shit will come out. Shit floats. Even, even uh, bleached, bleached shit. That is some fucking bullshit. But you know, you hear stories. I remember hearing stories about Michael. Um, I mean, come on, he was. His brothers would have sex with women while he was in the trying to sleep. You know, the hardest working Jackson, the youngest one, that probably needs the most sleep. And they had to share bedrooms to bring girls in and stuff. And they tell Michael, all they're having sex. Like, Shut the fuck up, Michael. <laughs> Which is funny to guys, but it's really fucking traumatizing. I mean, I could only imagine when you're a boy and you're not even looking at women like that. And um, to taint the image of a woman um, at such a young age and 
to have the father figure and the man figure in your life just beat the shit out of you and stuff. It's like, I don't know. I hear stories that I don't want to, like, say just yet until they're confirmed, so we're not, we'll just leave it at that. But Michael did the best he could for where he was at, but it wasn't enough. It just wasn't. I will say this. I will say this. <laughs> There's a monkey. Scratch that. Reverse that. Take it back. There's a gorilla in California, and her name is Coco. You can look her up on YouTube. This gorilla, folks, ladies and gentlemen, can use sign language. And as a farmer and a mannish boy, there's nothing I want more in my life than to be able to train a gorilla to grow its own bananas. That's right, you guessed it. And um, this this uh, gorilla Coco met Robin Williams before he passed. Has uh, played bass with Flea. Uh, for the Red Hot Chili Peppers on a summer tour in Australia. No, I'm just kidding. But she uh, is amazing in the sense, uh, not just her, but the relationship that was developed and maintained by her handler. Because if you hear any other stories of a man trying to fucking raise a girl, it never, and I repeat, ever. <laughs> never, ever. Ever, 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 ever. Ends up well. Okay. <laughs> And um, this one has, and the girl, I swear, she's like 40. They're trying to get her to mate, but they're having some, you know, issues because she's been humanized. <laughs> and gorillas look at her like, I don't know, I'm guessing like Honey Boo Boo. Like, she's probably, like, to other gorillas, she's probably like the Honey Boo Boo of, like, the, the ape ki- uh, kingdom, but I'm only... I'm only observing. I do. I do not know what um, the other male gorilla thinks of her, but um, it's pretty amazing because she was watching videos and she got to pick it out. Like she was swiping left and right, like tw- like Tinder, on um, all these fucking eight gorillas. Like, nah, I don't. I don't fuck with that guy. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, no, no. He's got buck teeth. Like, mm, mm, <laughs> and. Um, it's just amazing. So I guess I'm saying all this is because back to Jacko. <laughs> Jacko, <laughs> Michael Jackson. My God, this is like all right. So when a human, when <laughs> when an individual plans to make a monkey talk, right? You would think sign language, like as a natural. No, not Michael Jackson. Like, like any, any other person, trainer, would think, okay, sign language, sure, da-da-da, okay. Not with Michael Jackson's money. No, sir, Bobcat tail, uh-uh. Michael wanted to put a human voice box into a monkey. That's right. I'll say it again. A, <laughs> Michael Jackson wished nothing more than to surgically implant, that's right, human vocal cords into... His chimp bubbles. 
now. <laughs> Marlon Brando never got that crazy. Gary Busey never got that fucking crazy. <laughs> but Mike, well, given, given though, Gary Busey never had Michael Jackson money, so I take that. I I retract that statement. Gary Busey still may think, still in a, in a hypothetical situation, if he had that money, he probably would think of something as crazy. Gary Busey would probably want to. Shudder to think what Gary Busey would want after he gets that much money. It's just, uh, that's wrong. Anyways. <laughs> it didn't work, obviously. <laughs> hate to ruin the end of the story. But, um, boy, isn't that, isn't that, <laughs> I mean, like, even in the movie Congo. They couldn't even think of that. Like, that just shows, like, how creative that man was. Uh, when, <laughs> when he used his powers for good. <laughs> but, um, neurogenesis. Neurogenesis is what that dude needed to face his fears. And it's, neurogenesis is what we need. And neurogenesis is probably what we need to feed our monkeys that grow their own bananas. Neurogenesis is a new term you're going to be hearing, not just in this show of shows, but you'll be digging. You'll be digging it as um, the psilocybin, the psilocybin cubensis mushroom gets legalized throughout California and the rest of these 50 beautiful red, white, and blue states. I tell you, it's going to be good. Neurogenesis, I just heard on a podcast with Paul Stannis that um, can not only, I mean, like, he was alluring to this, alluding to this, uh, excuse me, and, and basically spelling out that it's possible to, to, to do a, a trial study on whether or not we can regenerate nerve cells and, um, you know, I'm not, I'm no doctor, but I, uh, I call everyone doctor though, but, um, it, it can basically retroactively heal and regenerate your hearing uh, for those that have loss of hearing. I don't know how to explain that scientifically, but if you look it up uh, amongst uh, other cures that mushrooms have been used for, uh, it's just remarkable at the possibilities and potential it holds. Um, in my opinion, I feel like the cure for Alzheimer's is, is going to be simply put directly found inside psilocybin cubensis. Um, because the neural pathways that end up getting blocked and inhibited can be, again, regenerated and brought back to life. Um, despite any trauma, despite any 
any injuries um, that have, may have, you know, taken place. As long as there's air in the lungs, there's room for these mushrooms to take effect. And uh, just hearing the stories, I mean, um, the whole reason why we won World War II is directly in relation to mushrooms and the invention of penicillin. Um, I don't know if it's from a mold penicillin was created. I'm going to have to look that up before I start giving you the hard, hard cold facts. But I do know this. They did uh, use those cultures um, in labs and, and put it on their clothes, the scientists, so that if they were captured and, and everything was destroyed, that they would be able to resample the cultures and clone the cultures from, from their own clothing um, as a you know, safety precaution. And it just goes to show how much more effective and resilient nature is opposed to anything synthetic like methamphetamine or crystal meth by the Japanese or the German you know it was the history on, on both is just necessary and you won't get it in school but you will get it here at the Church of One Body so on that note I will send you off saying go on happy trails and I love you one love